You are listening to the Process for Profit podcast. We are here to help you, the creative small business owner, put more efficient operations into your business to increase your profit and impact. We're gonna give you the systems to create a solid foundation in your business to allow you to build your empire. Hey there, I'm Brittany Dixon, systems queen and process for profit strategist. You're gonna hear about solutions and strategies that allow you to make a bigger impact doing what you love instead of wasting hours doing what you don't. Come on in and let us organize your overwhelm so you can get back to your zone of genius. Hey everybody, so today we are going to dive in and give you the top five tips for if you are DIYing your website inside of your business. And helping us today is amazing brand stylist, Yasmin Robles, and I am so excited she's here. So thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So we actually just met not too long ago, like a few weeks ago. So super exciting through a mutual friend. But yeah, we had a virtual coffee chat and talked about things and I just, I'm, I love what she does. So I was like, Hey, let's go on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. So do you just want to kind of dive in and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey and kind of how you got to this place? Yeah. So, uh, my name is Yasmin and, um, I am the owner of Robles Designs where we create drill worthy websites and brands for entrepreneurs who are hell bent on taking over the world. And I am also a dabbler in other businesses, but we won't get into those. So productivity (laughs) is always top of mind for me. Um, But yeah, today we're going to be talking about five tips to DIYing your website because the world has turned upside down and uh, we all need to make sure that we have a digital home base that we can send our traffic to. Yeah, for sure. I just redid my website probably like six months ago. So finally, you know, iteration number, I don't know, five. (laughs) I'm like, oh, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, So apparently I should have found you a long time ago. (laughs) Um, So yeah, awesome. Let's dive in then and just kind of go through some of those tips and then we'll kind of talk systems and, and productivity. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. So what would you say the number one tip is if somebody is diving into DIY their website? They're not at a place that they can pay for somebody to come in, but they need some tips because it's just not their zone of genius. (laughs) Yeah. The number one thing to keep in mind, whether it it doesn't even matter what your site really looks like um, that much, even if it's a simple plain Jane kind of site, but having a goal for your website is the most important thing because it's going to help your website fit into your marketing plan. It's going to help really guide people into buying your product or service. And just having that goal, you'll know what platform to choose. So if you have a product, then you know that you get to go to an e-commerce platform versus if you want to start a blog and you want to get people to subscribe to your email list, then you're going to want them want another platform. And so having that goal set in place is one of the top keys. And then going deeper from that, knowing, let's say, for example, that you're an e-commerce company and you want to sell products, knowing what the number one product, so your biggest moneymaker is, is also key. And then how you're going to remarket to people after they've been on your site. So if they're not ready to purchase, what goals do you have for, for them to take and what journey will you give them in order to get them to that goal? So 
Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, for sure. No. And that's like one of my top things, like even my road to scalability method, I take all of my clients through like that first recognition piece is huge. Like figuring out why the heck you're even doing this (laughs) and where you're trying to take it. Because if you, I mean, you can take a road trip without a map, right? Could be fun, but not really a way to build a sustainable business. (laughs) No, I definitely, I definitely love that. So make sure that you have goals in place. That's probably why I had to shift 17 times when I was building my website because my goals were all over the place. So (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Okay. Number two, let's dive in. So number two is to tell me what you want me to do. As the site visitor, I don't want to go to a site and then wonder, well, maybe if I keep scrolling, there will be a button or um, there, there will be a beautiful image of the person, but then there's just no call to action. So right as soon as I get to your site at that top section, which designers love to call hero sections, but the very first thing that you see on your site when you right when the browser opens it up, that's the hero section. And that's where you want to tell me what to do. And you also want to tell me who you do it for, um, what, how awesome you are. You uh, again, concisely, but you want to make sure that your brand, everything is amazing, but you got to tell me what you want me to do. Do you want me to hop on your email list? Do you want me to purchase your number one product? Is there a sale going on? Is there a membership drive that you're doing? Um, that all that will help with um, with leading people through that journey and really into your funnel and getting those big bucks that you want to get. Mm-hmm. So making sure you're telling them what you want. And it's not self-explanatory. A lot of my clients have had sites where there is no button, right? There's, there's nothing there telling me, <laughs> what to do next. And so, or there was a a one client who we went through her analytics and she was getting traffic, but she said, why is nobody signing up with me? And once we added a call to action button on that hero section, they immediately started signing up for discovery calls. So sometimes it's just telling me what to do at that top section of the site. Yeah, no, I think that we all have so much going on and like information overload all the time that we don't want to make any more decisions or figure things out. <laughs> like yeah. it needs to be easy. You need to be like, okay, cool. This is what you are doing for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Okay, awesome. What is your number three tip for DIYing? Yeah, so know your target market is the third tip. So yeah. you want to make sure that you know them better than they know themselves. And you do want to know demographics. So you want to know, um, you know, where they could possibly be living, how much they're making, their family size, all that stuff. But you also want to know what websites they are in love with. So let's say that you are an e-commerce store and you sell, I don't know, perfumes, but you know that your person loves the Kate Spade website. They love that brand and that's their go-to when they want some inspiration, some, um, some beauty in their life. And so you want to see what they're into and then not copy it, but use it as inspiration for your own site. And then knowing your target market as well is helpful when you are designing a site that's, let's say, for example, for, for older people versus uh, let's say teenagers so they those are completely different and they expect different things from your website you also have to take into consideration the 
um, accessibility issues that come up. So if it's an, it's for an older crowd, maybe some darker colored text, some bigger text, uh, not so much flourish because it'll be harder to read versus a younger person might not really care so much about visibility. They just want you to use, I don't know, hashtags, whatever the kids yeah. are using these days. Um, <laughs> So you want to make sure that you know your target market and you know what they love and what they just don't like on a website. Um, so that is tip number yeah. three. Yeah. No, I love that. And I, I think that plays back a lot again to like the strategy and like the big, big picture stuff, which I think when people start DIYing stuff, especially websites and landing pages and all that kind of stuff, they get hung up on all of the like, Oh, is it pretty? And is it the right colors and all that kind of stuff? But like, you're right. If you don't have a goal, if you're not telling them where to go, if you don't even know who you're talking to, then you're just wasting your time building this beautiful thing that no one will ever see. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, there has to be some kind of strategy. So usually I tell people I make, I don't make beautiful websites. I make websites that are designed strategically. Yeah. Uh, and I, we talk about things like your target market and who they are and making sure that you're not telling me that your target market is anyone between the ages of zero <laughs> to 60, because those are completely different people. Um, so yeah, these are these, the first three goals are definitely very much not design oriented. Yeah. And I've seen, honestly, I've seen sites that convert really well where people are making lots of money and it's like a three page landing site. It's just three pages and, but they put a lot of thought into this. They're guiding you through the yeah. user journey and having you purchase all these things and whether it's courses or, or a product and it's because their strategy is on point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I've been on in those funnels too, right? Where I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to keep buying all of it. Yeah, I'll yes. take it all. Thank you. Yes. I, I did that yesterday. And I'm, and I'm like, why, why can't I make mine do this? I need to make mine do this. So yeah, no, that's, it's totally, yeah. I think so many, and I did this too. I got caught up in the branding and the colors and the, like all of that stuff before I even had strategy laid out. So <laughs> definitely yeah. learn, learn from our mistakes because it's better to do the strategy stuff before you build websites. But Awesome. Uh, tip number four. So simplify and tip number four and five can co go to together in a little bit. So yeah. let's focus on four, which is color. Simplify your life. Make sure that you only have two colors that are your go-tos and that one is designated as your primary color, that if you put it on a font, it, the font will be easy to read on whatever your most used background is. It's just your go-to color. The other one is your detail color. So the reason I say this is because all of my clients love getting those Pinterest worthy uh, <laughs> six six or more colors, and then they they're like, well, how do what do I do with all of these? Which yep. one do I choose when I'm selecting a uh, a headline? And when I'm on Instagram, which one do I choose? And then their brand starts to become so much, uh, it's just too much going on, not cohesive. Yep. And so what I tell DIYers is just choose two colors. So in, in even make it simpler than that, just choose a shade of pink that you love. That is your go-to hot pink, whatever that may be. Yep. And then a shade lighter or darker that will be for detail. So if there is an on hover effect on a button, that's what, where that other color will go. Maybe an on hover effect on a link or a little divider line or a border. That's where that detail color will go. And the other, the primary color is where you won't use, you won't 
overdo it on the site, but you're going to use it on things that you really want to have pop. Uh, another thing that you can do, what I ended up doing on my site, because I did not want to remember color codes, um, at least a ton of them, I ended up just using gold, black, and white, and a gray every so often. So just all I have to remember is the how light or dark the gray gets, gets to be and the shade of, or sorry, the color code of the gold. And that just simplified everything for me. I don't have to think about what color goes with what headline, does the subheadline. Yeah. <laughs> so simplify your life and just reduce down to two colors, making sure that you designate one as your primary color. Yeah, for sure. I have my like dark navy blue that happens all the time everywhere. I memorize the color code because I have to type it in so many places. <laughs> and then I have this like pretty pink rose gold color that goes with it. But I do have like a, a lighter shade of that blue too that goes with it. And mm -hmm. I do have other colors that go with it. But like you said, I built this whole like six color palette and I only use three of them. <laughs> like I never, yeah. I never use the other ones because I'm like, I feel like it'll be all over the place. So I kind of just let them I let them die a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, simplifying everything. Simplify, yeah. simplify, simplify. That's, yeah, super key. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Awesome. So you said those kind of mashed together. Did you have yeah, another one that okay. kind of went with that? Yeah. So the last one is on fonts and same thing. Okay. You pick your plain Jane font, which, which is what you're going to use on everything. So it's going to be body copy, maybe the sub headlines. And when I say plain, it doesn't need to be just this one sort of font. It can be something that, so for example, if you go to Google fonts, uh, Roboto or any of the other ones that have a thicker, thinner, slanted, italic, whatever type of uh, options, but it's still the same font. They're easy to read when it gets really tiny for disclaimers, but they're still great when they get bigger. Yeah. And then you have your personality font. And this can be, so I am in love with like the hand written sort of fonts that I guess are still trending. And other people want those like almost like OSU block letter kind of fonts, so big masculine ones. And those are all great. It's just that when they either get too small or too large they get can get hard to read so you want to make sure you pick one that is for wherever you want to add a pop of something let's say a headline that's going to be your personality font just like that color it's going to be your go-to font all you have to remember are those two and then everything else just gets to be that plain jane sort of font and again it doesn't mean it's going to be boring it just means that it's going to be easy to read and you only have to remember two different font names just like remembering two different yeah. color codes <laughs> Yes. Yes. I did the exact same thing. I'm like, I can't, because there's so many places you have to put them and remember them mm -hmm. and copy and paste them. So yeah, yeah, simplify all of that stuff. Awesome. Well, those are some really amazing tips. Um, so let's kind of dive in just business related. So how do systems and processes kind of come into play in your business as a web designer when you're working with your clients? In the feedback, feedback process a lot. So before, when I first started, it was a bit of a hot mess where I had <laughs> nothing in place for the way that I would process those, that, the, the feedback from the clients. And then if a client had their own method of doing things or just wanted to do everything via email, uh, then that's the way I ended up doing it. And it, things would fall through a lot. And so I ended up coming up, well, I ended up journaling. I, I call it almost like, I guess you could call it systems journaling, where I would 
write down everything that was going wrong with the process that I had. And then I could go back and say, okay, well, obviously doing everything via email is not working. So, and, and then writing down what could, what the flip side of that would be. And then I found that although I did try out a lot of softwares, not all the clients were as excited to have something else to log into. So I ended up coming with a process that is documented, that I can follow, that my VA can follow. And we can just, if I'm sick, somebody, whoever is taking over the process, it is written down, it's set in stone, and it's the same each and every time. So that's the way it's helped me. Uh, I wish that there was a process for life right now, but I know, right? <laughs> no, I love that though. I love yeah. the the systems journaling you talked about yeah. because I think that's so key because so many of us like get stuck in the broken process and we're like, oh, cool. That's just how it has to be. It's fine. Let's just go through and spend 30 extra minutes doing this thing. And when you take the time to kind of step back and work on your business and really figure out why it's not working, you were able to come in and, and bring a process in that actually did work for you and wasn't driving you crazy where your clients were in your email all the time. <laughs> so yeah, I love yeah. that. And it also helps when you are getting bombarded by all of those possible software so, for example, uh, there's Pipedrive, there's all of those that help you with sales and, and conversion and your funnel, but you get bombarded by all of these different systems and you can pay a bunch of money to try and test them all out. But if you don't know where your actual pain points are, you don't know which one to choose and you'll yeah. end up losing money. So that journaling on what was frustrating about the current process that I had for getting feedback was important when I started choosing what system or software to use in order to, to solve those gaps. Yeah, for sure. And that was actually, it goes great into my next question. Cause I was going to ask <laughs> if you had any favorites to kind of help you keep things more efficient. And like you said, with your VA talking with them and just clients, you kind of have your favorite softwares use. Yeah. So right now I am in love with Asana. I tested out Trello. I mean, I've tested out so many things, but Asana (laughs) is my favorite, uh, both because it can do the same thing that Trello does with those almost like swim lanes that you get with for tasks, but you can also... Uh, it gives more, I I love that checking off method where I can put dates and get deadlines and then just check it off. Um, and then with teams, it works so well because I can tag people into the comments. I can, so if I'm working with my developer, then I can tag her into some kind of feedback that a client gave and then have, and then set a date for that edit to be made. So it's just so much easier to manage a team that way. I did try Slack, but it felt more like it was, I loved it and for the communication ability of it. And it felt more like community and almost like being in a real office, like everybody being there at the office. But it just also felt like there was so much going on. And Asana just kind of says, here are your tasks for today. Here's here's a timeline for the month. Here's what projects you're working on. Here's what's due. And then you go ahead and then you get this great feeling of checking things off and, and having yes. them be um, Yeah, finished. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I tried to do the Slack thing. Like everyone's like, oh my God, Slack's so amazing. And I just... I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I I feel like in Asana, you still have the communication piece within the tool and within each project and within each task. And it keeps everything in one place. So it's one less thing that you have to log into. (laughs) So I've never been a Slack fan, but you know, 
yeah. to each their own. But yeah, you, you touched on it like crazy is there's so many tools out there to try and decide from. And I love that you sat and did your systems journaling before you tried to do that because so many people just try all the tools, spend all the money, sign up for the things, forget to not like forget to cancel the subscription. So they're still paying for it when they're not using it. And there's just so many options. So I will say that the system, like the tool itself is not the magic bullet. And I've said this a million oh, yeah. times yes. before, like you have to create the system within the tool to make it work. So yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just because yeah, you have a tool doesn't mean it's going to get done. Nope. You still got to, you still have to set it up and then you have to use it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so do you have any like favorite productivity hacks on how you get stuff done? And this is obviously in like normal case situations, yeah. not what we're dealing with right now. <laughs> so I, although I do have a sauna, I like making a short list of the top things that I want to get done for the day. I typically yeah. do that as soon as I, I guess, used to go to the office. <laughs> um, now it's just whenever I, I happen to get my coffee in the morning and, and be homeschooling the kids, but yep. it's the top tasks that get to be done or at least highlight them. If you have a journal for the day, highlight which one, which goals are your top priority. And then I really loved yours that from the video that you did, um, for the digital hustle tribe, but you mentioned that you have like at the, at the end of the day. And then, so you had, what was it? Three steps. I forget the actual word. The yeah. Actual the, the three, three, three P's of productivity. Yes. Yeah. So the first P now I can't remember what it is, but it was amazing. <laughs> Cause I was like, why have I not done that? And then follow it up, you know, right. So followed up with the second P followed up with the third. And I've been doing that for two days. Let's be real. I, I've been homeschooling, but, yeah. <laughs> it's been, but those two days were amazing. And so now I'm trying to see how I can work that in with everything else that's going on right now with homeschooling and running other businesses. And so, but it, it's helped so much. And it just, you put it in such an easy way. Like, why didn't I think of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tries to read that many books. Why didn't so I think we, of it? We will link it in the show notes below, but it's the three P's of productivity. I did an entire episode on it probably 17 million times. So, <laughs> but you're basically process, plan, prepare. So you process all of your notes mm -hmm. and stuff from the day, put it into your task manager in your calendar. Then you're planning the next day before it starts. So you can hit the ground running and then preparing anything that goes along with meetings, client calls, client yeah. notes, files, whatever that is, because if it's all ready before you close out for the day, you are ready to go the next day. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I just want to say that that the three steps I've done parts of them. And I think this is where most people fall is yeah. they do like the first one or the second one. And then you were like, no, let's smash them together and be productive and grow your yeah. business. And I'm like, why, why did I do that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about just kind of the, the DIY website design phase? Any last tips you have? Um, it, the planning phase is honestly the most important one. You can't, there are so many platforms out there and a lot of them do great things, but it's the planning process. It's making sure that you have a goal, that you know your target market and that you're telling them what you sell and you're doing it proudly and you're backing yourself up with testimonials if you have any. Um, but you just, you just got to do it and don't get stuck on making it look 
beautiful and glamorous because it's your first website. The most important thing is to get it out there get that money coming in. And yeah, it, it, planning is the most important phase for any type of project, but especially your, your home base, your digital home base. Yes. I love it. I love it. So where can people find you? Do you have any resources that you can share? Give us all the goods. Yeah. So you can find me, my home base is roblesdesigns.com. That's R-O-B-L-E-S designs.com. And there I am currently, I have a planning guide with a video and there's a a fillable PDF and it just goes through the whole planning process of a website. And I've also on that blog, I've highlighted a couple of where I go over the differences between Squarespace, Shopify, and WordPress to help you make a better decision about your DIY site. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, you can find me most places at uh, at Robles Design Studio on Instagram and Facebook. I also run the Digital Hustle Tribe, which is digitalhustletribe.com and Digital Hustle Tribe on any uh, Facebook, Instagram. But yeah, you can catch me there yeah. if you want to see me try and be a homemaker and homeschool teacher and yeah. business owner, <laughs> you can catch me on Instagram at Yasmin Robles. Um, not sure if anybody really wants that, but I've gotten some clients that have stalked me on my personal. So hey, yeah, I sure. always feel like I should throw that out there. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And actually my three P's of productivity training is over on her hustle tribe yeah. site mm-hmm. as well. Cause I just did that. So yes. if you want to find it there or listen to the podcast, it's all over the place. So <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody go check her out. If you are in the DIY website phase, make sure you follow these tips because they are super, super crucial and planning. Like she said, is just so important, not just for your website, but just business strategy in general. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Awesome guys. Well, all the links will be in the show notes here. And if you are needing help choosing those tools and really figuring out how to work on your business instead of in your business. You can also check out our four part framework, our masterclass. The link will be in the show notes and uh, yeah, go check us out. So we'll see you next time. 